Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. I'm your host, Gary Holt. Joining me in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is our co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Gary. Are you sitting out on your patio? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) But you could. You could. It's beautiful. it's It's a beautiful day in Tennessee today. So spring has sprung. Is that what you're telling me? Spring is spring has sprung for a few days. We're we're supposed to hit about seventy nine, eighty degrees today in Tennessee, which is a big change from what it's been. But uh, but they're calling for for the mid fifties next week. So it's back and forth. I don't know whether this is blueberry yeah. winter or blackberry winter, or you know we'll have we'll have some kind <laughs> of winter that will come before we're through with this. But it's beautiful today. 
beautiful today. Hey, uh, um, we've got a great show today, and we're so excited to have our first guest joining us. Who is that? We have Carol Markstrom on the line, and we're going to be chatting with Carol and learning about her brand new CD, Desert Rose. All right, so we're excited to talk with Carol and share music from that great CD with our audience. And then in the second hour, we're going to be joined by Jill Romanello from Elkins Creek Horse Camp. We're traveling back to Ohio to visit with Jill. So this is going to be a fun, fun show. But uh, I'm kind of excited thinking about next week's show. This will be the fourth year that uh, <laughs> you'll be doing a live show from Santa Clarita, won't you? I will be. <clears throat> we'll be um, actually at the home of a good friend of ours, and all of our guests are pretty much coming in, and we'll be around his dining room table. And uh, everybody involved, it's a two-hour show. We'll be performing at the Santa Clarita Cowboy Festival, which kicks off officially that night with an event on Main Street in Old Town Newhall. Um, but everyone we're talking to will be performing on Saturday and Sunday at the Santa Clarita. It's their 25th anniversary, and uh, it's a big, um, highly regarded festival. It'll be a lot of fun. Be a big deal. So we're looking forward to that next week. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. But right now, we want to listen to a great song from the CD, Desert Rose. It's Carol Markstrom, Too Bad This Town, Eight in Texas. When we come back, we'll talk with Carol. And uh, you're listening to the Campfire Cafe on Equestrian Legacy Radio, heard around the world, streaming live online and on demand at equestrianlegacy.net. Thank you. 
the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network that was Too Bad, This Town Ain't in Texas by today's guest, Carol Markstrom. Tucson-based Carol Markstrom sings with the heart of a folk singer with her musical inspirations, including Americana, Outlaw, and Classic Country, Western Roots, and Rock. As a songwriter, Carol draws inspiration from many sources and loves to tell stories about engaging people, places, and events. Her ballads and love songs range from the whimsical to the bittersweet, and she loves to perform crowd favorites, delivering them with a fresh approach. Bob Everhart, president of the National Traditional Country Music Association for Country Music News International, has this to say about today's guest, Carol. It continually fascinates me to hear cowboy and Western music coming out of the Old West but to hear it coming out of an even older West Virginia is a marvel. Carol Markstrom makes her mark with her own compositions, taking the listener deep down to the Rio Grande Valley, both sides, Mexico and the USA. And she has a perfect old West sound in her voice, very comforting and easy to listen to. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe, Academy of Western Artists 2017 Western Female Vocalist of the Year, Carol Markstrom. Welcome, Carol. Thank you, Bobby. That was wonderful. <laughs> so glad to join you and Gary today. How are you to doing? Have you here. <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. I'm here in Tennessee, as you know. So um, soaking up the sun. Wow, this is great. Yeah, well, Bobby would probably ask if you are on a patio somewhere, but uh, probably not. <laughs> Oh. I will be soon. I'm just sort of looking outside now, but it's wonderful. Yeah, well, that's great. That's great. Good to have you in Tennessee. But um, for all of our guests, the first time they're on the show, we always like to find out a little bit about them. So why don't you tell us where you're from originally and how you got started in music? All right. Well, I'll give you the short version since we only have so much time. But um, I was born and raised in Minnesota, um, but I've lived in many other places. And I lived the last um, 20 years in uh, West Virginia until until I started moving more into Tucson. But um, for years, I was a professor actually at West Virginia University. And one of my areas of teaching um, was Native American studies. So that, that brought me to the West in terms of the research that I was conducting with different tribes and, and for my writing. Um, so I did, you know, I played um, guitar and, and sang mostly in church. And 
But um, in 2010, I linked up with the Western Writers of America because I wanted to do more creative writing and less academic. And I um, met a whole lot of um, Western singer-songwriters there, people you know, like D- Jim Jones, for instance. And um, that just, uh, boy, I really gravitated toward that sound, you know, and it, it just, um, that's, that's immediately the direction that I went in. And I thought, well, I've got things I can put to, you know, stories I can put to songs and I have a lot to say. And songwriting is a creative outlet. So it just, um, you know, took off with the, the songwriting and then starting to record and perform. So really, you know, I'm fairly new, you know, in, in the business and that you know, in those regards. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so tell us about these Native American studies. How did, how did you become interested in that? And uh, maybe give us a little bit of your history there. I was right. curious about um, that. Yeah, well, I, um, you know, in Minnesota, you know, there's a very strong um, Native American presence there. There's several reservations and um, I worked with tribes in, um, and Native peoples in, in the Minneapolis area. And then I also lived and worked on a reservation in South Dakota uh, and taught at a tribal college as well. And so I just, it, it's always been a fascination. It's always been an interest. I'm not Native, but um, just always felt, um, you know, sort of a draw, drawn into those cultures. Um, and then I had, um, from the university perspective, I had some sabbatical leaves where I lived on reservations in um, Arizona on, on the San Carlos Apache Reservation and also the Navajo Nation for months at a time. Wow. And so then my research really um, began moving in that direction. And I started, you know, writing um, more articles and then a book in on Apache history and culture in particular, but some other tribes as well. So in that process, I really fell in love with Arizona. And uh, so we ended up buying a home in Tucson and, and that's really become my base to work from, you know, the, the music that I do just, you know, it, it resonates with the people in the West. Um, it's, it's about Western places and people and, in events and and so it just uh, made a whole lot of sense to um have a you know have that be my sort of base of operation but but i still you know of course come back to the east here i'm in the southeast you know performing um these next several days um that's the uh <laughs> that's, that's kind that's of the short story, story of that <laughs> I know, um, I know, I know that on the set list we're not going to um, play the song "Medicine Bottle" since we're talking about Native American studies and your interests. Um, you do have it on your website, two versions of it um, that you can watch on YouTube, and the the one with the photographs, Carol, I found particularly moving. Um, we're not going to play the song, but can you take just a moment and tell us about Medicine Bottle and um, the process of doing that particular video with the photographs? Yes. Um, yeah, that song is really special to me. Um, Medicine Bottle was a um, Dakota Sioux leader, and Dakota are the eastern um, group of the Great Sioux Nation, and they, um, their homeland was in the area of Minnesota. So where I grew up, so I've I've known about um, the Dakota Sioux, and I knew the story of Medicine Bottle. There's an actually a famous photograph of him, 
taken shortly before he was hung in 1865 for his role in the U.S. Dakota War. So that photo is just very haunting, and I thought I really need to tell his story. In the process of doing so, I contacted um, the tribe that, you know, his descendants would be at, which is the Lower Sioux Band in Minnesota, and they put me in touch with his great-great-grandson by the name of Sheldon Wolfchild. And Sheldon is has been an actor, he's a director and a producer, and he was in the process of making a film about Medicine Bottle and mm-hmm. and working on the 150-year commemorative event of his hanging. So that sort of pushed me forward to get the song ready for that event, and um, and possibly now it's going into the film as well. So Sheldon was very helpful, and um, the story tells, you know, um, well, it's really the story of, of, of what happened to mm-hmm. Medicine Bottle. But I also like to, where it ends, though, is is on a note of hope, though, that, you know, his descendants right, are right. still here. They're carrying on. Um, right. And then the video, I had wanted to um, put some images together for a YouTube video, and so I asked a friend of mine to help me, and I found some historical photos, and we... Um, we're able to put an earlier recording of the song to those images, and we're in the process now of putting the recording that's on the CD with those mm-hmm, images. Mm-hmm. So that will be updated in yeah. a few weeks. Yeah. Well, you have a yeah. great website, so I'll just say to all of our listeners, you just got to go and check out the website <laughs> so you, you can see and listen to what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Carol Marks for Music. <laughs> Carol, Carol marks some music, but uh, talking about music, let's play another song from the CD Desert Rose, and uh, this is one called Bandita. We'll be right back on the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Daughter of a highwayman She was a desert rose in a rugged land So many things she didn't know When the rose began to grow She fell out of love with a dangerous man Winds of change began to blow She tried to leave, he wouldn't let her go She left lying dead in the desert Wanted to live this way Open Running from day to day Where will am I lead ya Can't let nobody need ya Open
where nobody goes. No kind of life for a desert rose. She's holding back her tears in her Spanish eyes. Oh, Bendita. You never wanted to live this way. Oh, Bendita. Running from day to day. Where will tomorrow lead you? Can't let nobody need you. And if you're just joining us on Campfire Cafe, that is Bandita by today's guest, Carol Markstrom. And we have Carol on the line. Carol, that's such a beautiful ballad, um, and it kicks the CD off. Can you tell us a little bit of the story behind um, Bandita? Yes, that that's my favorite song in the CD. Um, but um, I, uh, it came out of um, sessions with my um, producer Bill Vorndick in Nashville, and we were listening to various songs, demos that we might want to include in the album. And he um, was good friends with Mentor Williams, who um, you know was connected with Lynn Anderson for many many years. His, his they were partners and. Uh, mentor um, was a prolific songwriter and wrote the hit Drift Away. Um, but so when I heard that song, you know, when we listened to it, I, you know, it, immediately I was drawn to it. I thought that has to be included on, on the album. And then, the, and then when we're trying to think of a title um, for the album, I, Desert Rose, you know, that a line in that, in the song just really stood out in my mind as, as being, um, Having the message that I wanted to get across is that being strong, you know, it's like the desert rose is in, in spite of living in very dry and harsh um, conditions, you know, surviving and thriving, which a lot of the um, characters in, in the song on the CD do. Yes, and it is beautiful. I, it was so fun uh, watching you, you know, perform at the house concert recently where we met. Um, that was a very special night with Jim Jones accompanying you, and um, this was really a, such a moving piece. So I'm so glad Gary got that on the set list. <laughs> I am too. Thank you so much, <laughs> both of you. You're, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Mayor Williams was, was a, a prolific writer, and uh, uh, I noticed that the, that the CD is dedicated in memory of Mentor, and, uh, and that was that was pretty cool. And by the way, I want to mention that Mentor's brother is is the renowned writer, uh, singer, and actor Paul Williams. And so that's kind of the, runs in that's the family. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, how was it to um, to record in Nashville? Oh. <laughs> Well, it was an amazing experience, and I, I just had to pinch myself all the time to make sure this was really happening. Um, I was so happy to get connected um, with Bill Warndick through the efforts of Rex Allen Jr., and, and Bill 
and I spent a lot of time in pre-production just sort of you know figuring out the direction this album would take and looking at songs and working on my songs and and uh, he said we're going to get the best musicians you know for western music on this album he says i'm getting them and and he did you know he had three there's three on there from the time jumpers and charlie mccoy wow you know on harmonica and and several others so like i said i was in the studio with these guys and recording with them it was it was just like a dream come true it was amazing and to watch you know i'll just say this you know they're not it's it's more than just being a really good musician and playing your instrument well it's it's knowing how to interpret a song and mm-hmm. and getting the mood across and that's what they did you know that that just really impressed me how quickly they grasped um our vision for the songs and delivered very quickly like in one or two takes you know it was just um an incredible experience uh, guys, I've had many artists that have told me that when they come to Nashville to record, because of the quality of the studio musicians that are brought in, it just doesn't take as much time to get a finished product out there. Did you find that to be true? Right. They uh, they did it in two days. You know, they thirteen songs. You know, they um, they were in and they they recorded their parts um, in in two days. So that that was very efficient. Um, yeah. And like I said, they're, they're so quick and, and picking up and, and songs that, you know, were new to them, <laughs> you know, that they uh, they just had an understanding and and could um, mm-hmm. could make it happen very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I noticed, too, that a lot of these songs uh, maybe have been unreleased songs before. That's Is right. Is that true with right. Bandita? Well, I recently learned that Lynn Anderson did a recording of it. It's I don't think it's been distributed, um, but um, I did I did recently learn that. But I had thought it had been unreleased. But um, we need to give Lynn credit for that for recording it as well. Well, she kind of had an inside track on that, so we can she absolutely that. had an inside track, and she <laughs> she she would know a good song when she heard it too. So that that song, Benita, is just um, amazing. What a great story, you know? It yeah, is it is great. Story. It is a great story. Yeah, and, I want you know, to. Go ahead. I I was just going to say that I think one of the great things about that song is the chorus the question you know about life and she didn't really want life that way and I think all of us you know when we listen to a CD I tend to listen to it over and over and over again and and pieces kind of finally make it into my psyche and with that song even though it's not my story I can relate to some of that about where you are in life and where do you want to be and you know and how to go create encourage you to go create that life that you want and I think that's part of the rele- making a song relevant. And I congratulate you on that because I think as listeners, we need the songs, you know, to be relevant. So we'll play them over and over again. <laughs> that's a that's a great point. You know, we haven't had the same experience as the Bandita did, but um, certainly that that you know some that's true. You know, perseverance even in spite of circumstances that someone didn't ask for. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, there is another song from the CD that is by Mentor Williams, and uh, and this may be my favorite song 
from the CD, and it's one called Love is an Angel. And uh, we're going to listen to that and see if it's your favorite as well. But we'll be right back and talk more with Carol Markstrom on the Campfire Cafe. with Carol Markstrom that is Love as an Angel from her brand new hot CD release Desert Rose and we're back with Carol. Hi Carol. <laughs> Hi, it's good to be back. <laughs> you know, I think it's all 
always such fun to hear a little bit about a writer, songwriter's process. Um, can you share a little bit about how you keep track of your ideas and how an idea finally finds its way onto a CD? Oh, it certainly is a process. And, and sometimes it's very quick in writing a song, and some songs are years you know, to, to being <laughs> completed. It, it really varies. Um, but it, it, it is interesting, and every song is, is different, but, you know, they're, they all, I guess, start with something that's important to me, and whether it's I'm telling a story about someone else or it's come out of my own experience, um, it's finding a way to really tell something that is going to resonate with other people, too, you know, that in... in in a very short period of time, you know, we have to uh, get it out there in three or three and a half minutes or so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I kind of look at it as, as like a puzzle. You know, it's putting a puzzle together. It's getting lyrics to fit together, getting the rhymes in the right places, um, editing out everything that's extraneous that we don't need, um, fitting it with the music. And, and those two processes of writing lyrics and music really go hand in hand for me that I'm, you know, I may start with some ideas, but I, I like to get music into the process pretty early because that helps me shape the lyrics a little more. So it, it really goes back and forth between the two and, and then bringing it um, to, to completion. But, you know, the, the strangest things can inspire me, something from a, a place I've been writing at or a place, um, a dream or the, the song Hitch a Ride that I think you're going to play soon. That came out of just a full moon and coyotes howling, you know, and, and something lodges in your mind. And, and then I, I'm always, I know enough to just get the idea down right away. You know, whether I record it immediately in my phone or write the lyrics, I, I write the idea. I have all kinds of scraps of papers and notes on my computer <laughs> and on my phone, just all kind, just a line, you know, and, yeah. um, and then something will surface, okay, you know, okay, I can do a little more with this one now. And so I always have several songs in the works. Um, and I'm getting, um, you know, since we've released Desert Rose, which, you know, that is quite a production to, to bring out a CD, I've, I'm getting back to now new material or, or revisiting older material to get some new songs um, finished mm -hmm. up. So it's, it's, a, it's a constant thing. All right, so I think we should take a listen to Hitch a Ride. Gary, you ready to go? I'm ready to go, so we'll we'll look for the coyotes in this one. So it's Hitch a Ride, yeah. Carol Markstrom, <laughs> and it's from the Sydney Desert Rose. Full moon rises high in the sky, night is day, nowhere to hide. Here I go, on the road. Of town, here I go. Gotta go. Grass is growing neath my feet. Got losses, I'm in deep. Here I go. Staying low. I've been roped too many times. Here and now I draw the line. Here I go. No more rodeos. I know where to go. Hitch a ride to Mexico. I'll hop a train. Hit on to Lafayette with some luck. 
got it gone. Let it go. Let it go. Past the point of no return. Cast my fear to the universe. Let it go. Take it slow. Plant my souls in sand and heat. Drink in sun. Feel relief. Let it go. Head to toe. Blow a kiss to the ebbing tide. He'll forget me by and by. Let it go. Desert Rose, and um, I was just thinking, Carol, I think I saw something where you had been touring in Alaska with Jim Jones and Doug Figs. Was that a year or two ago? Yeah, um, I've I've been going up um, the last three summers, um, and they came with me one of the summers, the, the year before last. Um, I have a brother in Alaska, a brother and sister-in-law, so I have a place to stay and a place to work from. And, you know, over the three years I've built up, you know, relationships with various venues that I've been able to go back to and perform. And um, it's been an adventure. It's been great, you know, to bring Western music to Alaska, you know, because it's the last frontier. Um, you know, Western music goes over really big up there. It's it's been wonderful experience, and I go in the summer, of course, you know. So yeah, <laughs> just yeah. throw that in there. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, you you are you are absolutely a brave woman to travel with with Doug and Jim. So I, I would say that. <laughs> well, the challenge up there was um, my brother lives right on the Kenai River, and we you go down and fish, you know, during the day, and it's kind of like, okay, guys, come on, it's time to get to our gig. Um, leave the salmon alone, you know, because the salmon are running when we were there, and that, that that's that's the challenge. Yes, <laughs> no, they were great. We 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 sure had so much fun, and you know, just. You know, sightseeing, but also performing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I was kind of, te- kind of teasing about traveling with Doug and and Jim, but uh, only halfway teased about that. But, <laughs> uh, goodness. Um, 
have you ever have you recorded all of your albums? Have they been solo albums, or have you ever thought about doing uh, a duet album with someone? I have thought about doing a duet. Um, I really like doing duets. Of course, there's the one on this album with Rex Allen Jr. Uh, it's called Cowboy Christmas. And then my last album, I did a duet with John Chandler called East to El Paso, which is my favorite song on that album. And uh, I love John Chandler's voice. It's just um, it's one of my favorites. So I've thought about that. Yeah, that would be... Um, yeah. Really, you know, an interesting direction to go into. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun. I was thinking about that the other day. I don't hear quite as many um, Western artists uh, performing duets. And so that that was the thought that I had this morning. But uh, anyway, I'm sure that you would have people lining up to record with you. That would not be a problem. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, we're going to well, we're going to do Granite Gap for our next song. Tell us a little bit about this song. How did this come about? Well, yeah. Um, well, I've performed sometimes at a guest ranch near Rodeo, New Mexico. It's a very remote area, and um, one of my last times there, uh, I went riding with the owners and the guests up in the Granite Mountains which is a very remote um, location. You know, you probably wouldn't go there deliberately. And But it, it used to be an old mining community and uh, very very rugged terrain. We did see quite a few Border Patrol. We're, we're close to the Mexico border. I guess that was uh, that, that kind of thing's going on there. But um, I just thought, wow, what would it be like to be abandoned in a place like this? You know, how do you make your way out of that? And so it sort of sparked the idea for this song of of someone um, breaking up in a relationship at Granite Gap and then having to find a way to get out of there. And I read about a a legend that there's some gold hidden there by an outlaw who who hit it and then lost it. (laughs) And it's still there, they say. So that that found its way into the song is um, her quest becomes to find that gold. And, uh, All right. Well, then you have the well, song. Let's take a listen. Let's take a listen, okay. and we'll come back and talk more with Carol Markstrom today on the Campfire Cafe. Triggered my heart 
but an old miner told of outlaw's gold. If that treasure's near, it's my ticket out of here. My dreams of life could be bankrolled. The trails are weathered like the lines in my hand, leading me forward each step in the sand. I won't leave empty because I've done what I can. There's no looking back. I've taken my stand. Found my treasure at Granite Gap. Dug for gold, felt so bold. I found my treasure, took the risk. On my own, with head held high, I found my treasure. Not everything glimmers like gold in the heat of love. I grow cold, cinch my saddle, ride straight, ride true. Took my dreams further than. Granite Gap by Carl Markstrom off her brand new CD, Desert Rose. And Carol's got a couple of other CDs, uh, Crossing Borders. Uh, Carol was awarded the 2017 Original Classic Western CD of the Year by the Roy, uh, Rural Roots Music Commission. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was really exciting. Yeah. And we know that our listeners are going to want to um, experience all three of your CDs. Tell us again where they can go to um, learn more about you, your performance schedule, your CDs and such. Where do they go? They go to my website, and it's www.carolmarkstermusicaltogether.com, carolmarkstermusic.com. Yeah, it's a great site. Since we just mentioned about having won some awards, your most recent one was just uh, last month, and you were honored by the Academy of Western Artists for a second time. Um, you were voted or named the 2017 Western Female Vocalist of the Year. What was it like to be at that event and hear your name called out? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's uh, it's so thrilling. You know, it's almost that surreal experience of, did they just, say my name and I saw it up on the screen so I knew that I'd had one um, but it was um, and it, it was funny I didn't expect to win but I was um, 
sitting at our table, you know, beforehand there's a banquet and there's a DJ sitting there, Phil Crancy says, you're going to win, you're going to win. <laughs> I said, well, then I better think up something to say. So I was madly writing notes at the table of what I, for an acceptance speech. And, and I'm so glad I did that because I, I might have been, um, you know, dumbfounded and would have known what to say in the moment. But it, it was, yeah, it's, well, it's an incredible experience. I mean, we all work so hard at this. And to have it recognized, uh, have our work recognized in that way means so much. It's so affirming and that, okay, I'm, I'm doing something right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a pretty special evening with a banquet and everybody's kind of dressed in red carpet, what we might think of as red carpet attire. And um, and that's a wonderful group that honors artists in a, across a variety of genres, including even saddle makers. And it, it's all about the, the arts of the West. So um, it is. And that's what's unique about it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Gary, what's so cool. are, do we have time? Do we have? Oh, we're going to yeah, do. Um, Dust Bowl dance. Yeah. Dust Bowl. So some of the folks that have influenced you, Carol, haven't necessarily been in the Western genre. Tell us a little bit about Dust Bowl Dance Dance, and how you came to record that. Right. Um, Well, that's written by um, the the band from the UK, Mumford & Sons, and they're, I guess you would call them an alternative rock band. Although they do, they do a lot of banjo, and so it's almost like a little bluegrass sound to what they do as well. And they're really one of my favorite bands. Um, their first album, it might have been their first, is the first one I became aware of was Sigh No More. And there's a song in there called Dust Bowl Dance. And as I listened to that, their version, which is very rock <laughs> version, I thought those lyrics are Western. That's a Western mm-hmm. story. Where did they? Where did these guys from the UK come up with this? And so I just started. I built it into my repertoire. I started performing it live, and then I brought it to um, my producer, um, Bill Bordick, and he heard. He says that's a treasure, and you know he just had a great vision for putting it together instrumentally with the lyrics and, and making it, making it a Western tune, you know, lyrics mm-hmm. and music. And that's what happened. Okay. All right, well, let's take a listen to the Dust Bowl dance and come back and talk for a few more minutes with Carol Markstrom on the Campfire Cafe.
Markstrom. And Carol, this is just a great CD. I mean, you've got everything from Mumford and Sons to Love is an Angel on here. So there's oh, a lot of thank diversity. you. It is a great CD. And and of course, we can't play everything from it, but we got in quite a few today. I know that people are going to want to find you on tour. So where's the next place they can see you? Well, tonight I'm actually doing a house concert in Chattanooga. There's still uh, we're, there's quite a few folks coming, but they've got a lot of space here. So if you're in the area, that's one possibility. And then this weekend um, we'll be at um, oh Gold Mountain Pine Museum in Villarica, Georgia, and it's a two-day event during the day. It's um, kind of a Western theme festival. And several of us from the East Coast chapter of the Western Music Association will be performing at that throughout the days, Saturday and Sunday. So that's that's a good place to come out to as well. Um, I'll be back in Tucson again, uh, closer to the end of the month, and at the Tucson Folk Festival and competing in the Songwriters Competition, where I'm a finalist. So that's going to be wow. be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I have upcoming um, gigs scheduled in, gosh, all the way to, from Maryland to Wyoming to New Mexico to Arizona. So, But they can go to my website, and um, there's a performance link. And I often create events on Facebook. So I am on Facebook, and they can just search by my name, Carol Markstrom, and find me um, and, uh, and find the events that are going on. So those are a couple right, ways so that, to track me right, down. So, <laughs> so that was carolmarkstrom.com is the website. carolmarkstrommusic.com. Music. Yeah. carolmarkstrommusic.com. So, and they can get your CDs there. Are you available on uh, Amazon and CD Baby and all the other outlets as well? All the other outlets. They're all out there. And, and But they some people like to deal with me directly. To, yeah, um, yeah. It's set up to do PayPal on my website. Some people even would just prefer to do the old-fashioned way. They send me a check in the mail, and and uh, I can. Uh, th- the advantage of that, those kinds of things, is I can sign the CD. <laughs> I get physically. I'm well, physically doing it myself. 
And it is great to have all the outlets, but I say support the artist. Cut out the middleman. <laughs> Thank Don't you. To the artist. They, make, they, they just make a tiny bit more coin that I help them pay for gas. <laughs> That's <go>. right. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of overhead in this business. <laughs> all right. Well, it's great to have you with us today. You have been so much fun, and uh, we've certainly enjoyed sharing your information and your music with our audience today. So want to invite you to come back with us. I'd love to. Yes, I really enjoyed this. It was wonderful chatting with both of you. Right. And thank you for thank playing you so my music. Much. I appreciate that. Well, you're very welcome. And we're going to close out this segment of the show with Seminole Wind. It's Carol Markstrom Ooh. from the CD Desert Rose. And uh, again, you can find her at carolmarkstrommusic.com Carol, thanks so much. Thank you. Do you like a long lost friend? 
Seminole win, Carol Markstrom from the CD Desert Rose. And Bobby, are you ready for what comes next? I think so. I am. I'm going to take that deep seat in the saddle I keep hearing about. <laughs> All right. So we're going to invite everybody to take a deep seat in the saddle. And when we come back, it's going to be time for Saddle Up America with our special guest, Jill Romanello from Elkins Creek Horse Camp. Stay with us. We'll be right back. All the cowboys have gathered in the dark before dawn Cause the big sky is changing now that summer's long gone And the ruby's red waters are reflecting the sky Because winter is coming tonight And there's a storm on the mountain. Full of thunder and snow And the herd has to move To save pastures below So at first light the cowboys Are driving them home And they sing as they move them along Heidi ho Montana Beneath the big sky your high shining mountains are bright and alive. Hidey ho, Montana, full of garnets and gold. And your son sing a song to your sweet big sky soul. All the winter awakens the call of the wild. Gobblers are gobbling at the geese on the rise. All the deer join the dance as the rut has begun. With the song of the cowboys, the stars and the sun. While he's riding mighty tall in life's circumstance, he'd rope that old storm. Given a chance And with a nugget of wisdom On this hard cattle drive The spirit of the cowboy Is well and alive ho Montana Beneath the big sky Your high shining mountain Bright and alive, I hold Montana full of garnets and gold, and your son sing a song to your sweet big sky soul. And then a voice deep as God, you can hear the earth sing like a howl from the canyon. Never be tamed For it's not about the money Silver or gold But the secrets of life 
only heartlands can hold. Heidi Ho, Montana, beneath the big sky, your high shining mountains are bright and alive. Heidi Ho, Montana, full of garnets and gold. And your son sing a song to your sweet big sky soul. Heidi Ho, Montana, Rodeo and Juliet did that song for us. And Jill Romanello McLeese is a longtime friend, and it's been a few years since she's been with us on the show, but she and her husband operate and own Elkins Creek Horse Camp in Ohio. Jill, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Gary. How have you been? Good, good. I almost forgot to add your, your married name when we were introducing you as being on the show. <laughs> Last time you were on, you weren't married. So well, that's something I, new. You know, I know. That's great. Yeah. We're happily yeah. on the trails. Happily on the trails. <laughs> well, tell us tell us exactly where Elkins Creek Horse Camp is located in Ohio. It's in the most southern tip on the southeast corner. It sits in the tri-state with um, Ashland, Kentucky, Huntington, West Virginia, and Ironton, Ohio. So we are 13 miles north of the Ohio River. Our address is Pedro, Ohio, and um, we sit out here in the National Forest. We're surrounded by the forest, and we love it. And uh, the trail, we sit inside the trail system, Wayne National Forest Trail System. Well, that is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That is pretty cool. Well, tell us about Elkins Creek Horse Camp. How how many acres do you have to ride out there, and what kind of camping facilities do you have? Well, the Wayne National Forest Horse Trails has 50-plus miles, plus at a connector trail to the oldest state forest in the state of Ohio, Dean State Forest. So there's around 80-some miles to ride, and it's all connected. Um, no road rates to ride, you know, as far as the Lake Vesuvius Trail System is concerned except one little fourth a mile, but it's such a scenic trail. It, uh, it has a vista view in the woods, and then you come out and you ride a little straight stretch there of a chip and seal to an iron furnace built in 1856, and then you head back up into the hills. So uh, we don't want to give up that piece of history on the trail. And um, the Elkins Creek, we have approximately 40 acres. We have 106 electric sites, plenty of primitive sites. We have 106 wow. stalls and tie lines. We have a small uh, cabin and some private sleeping rooms and a sheep herder's wagon you can sleep in. And then a big shelter house for bigger venues for large groups or just in general when if there's a, you know, everyone uses a shelter house. It's, it's opened on the back end towards the creek and the community fire pit. And then it has a popcorn maker and TV for the weather, movies, and a kitchen. And uh, big events, we have uh, you know, catering and stuff like that. So 
the uh, tax shops here. We usually keep a little bit of everything in it, uh, just in case you forgot something. And uh, everyone likes to enjoy the front porch. So we have four public restrooms. We live on the ground. We live in the main building on the back half, and we're accessible. All right. Well, you're one of the most popular riding destinations in in multiple states there. Uh, a lot of events that you put on, and and you have some things that are coming up this weekend, don't you? Yes, the Heart of Phoenix uh, Equine Rescue uh, Group are here. Uh, they've got all kinds of door prizes and things happening on the grounds from a uh, cowboy challenge, you know, arena challenge, challenge you and your horse with obstacles, to straightaway races, uh, to a poker run on the trail and w- lots of wonderful food and lots of prizes and giveaway. And that's our opening weekend. We They're usually here opening weekend, and they do very good, and people are very supportive to help rescue, you know, horses in that are in terrible conditions. And uh, so we're really excited to have them here. And uh, it's always a festive time, too, and you know, everybody coming together to do great things. Yeah, yeah. Will you have will you have any horses available for adoption this weekend? Yes, there are some that will be here. Plus, they will have a photo album of the ones that you know couldn't be here, but they are up for adoption. Okay. All right. Um, so, hi, this is... go ahead. <laughs> I just gonna say hi there. I'm I'm Bobby. I'm the the co-host this hour, and I have just a quick question. Um, when you said this is the opening weekend, that's so wonderful. So are there a few months that you're not available to the public? Yes, our camp is open. Uh, the camp is open year-round, but the trails are not open until April 15th. It fell on a Sunday. Uh, Tony Scardina, the Wayne National Forest uh, supervisor, who's over the whole 245,000 acres here, he's, you know, he works with the community and realizes that, you know, that's another weekend that tourists could come in, and, and so he opened it up on Friday, a couple of days early. And, um, Great. And that's to give the trails a break. We do a lot of trail maintenance and building and things through the winter. So um, mm-hmm. that's what's happening as far as that. And it's, the trails are open till December 15th. December 15th. April so do you 15th. have snow? Is there snow on any of the trails right now, or is, is oh. spring springing? <laughs> I'm sitting here in shorts, Bobby, in cowgirl boots, <laughs> and it's sunny and windy. Oh, gosh. This is Ohio, not California. Yeah. We had snow the other day. Does that count? We went from snow yeah, to that, sunny in 70. Yeah, that counts. <laughs> that kind of counts like Tennessee weather, it sounds like. So, anyway. Very simple. Um, yeah. So how did how did Elkins Creek come about? My husband, Rick McLeese, he's one of those doesn't sit still, and uh, he, we've both been horsemen since we were kids. And he always said, after traveling, when he retired, he wanted to have a horse camp. He can shoe, he can weld, he can build, he can do anything. He was a Chevrolet mechanic for thirty years, and. Um, he was also a mule guide at uh, the Red Rock Ride and uh, the Grand Canyon there in the North Rim for a short while, right before he you know, built, bought this and built, built Elkins Creek. So that was his dream. He started here in January of 08, 
and I met him in September of '09. Mutual friends, and um, we went from there. It just started growing, and um, he just kept adding and adding, and people just kept coming. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're, we're where we want to, you know. Our plans, we're where we want to be as far as capacities because we we don't want to ever lose that personal touch to be able to sit and talk with Mm -hmm. someone on the porch or at the campfire. We we like to be a part of it because we love the people and we love the horses and we love what we're doing. Now, it looks like you have also uh, volunteers can get involved. Tell us a little bit about what volunteers do and and how they work with you. We have a huge volunteer program. Last year, they they thousand hours, and that's just. I mean, even people traveling in, they sign up. They want to be a volunteer. We count their hours if they trim branches or. Everyone loves the trails here so much. There's not a lot of trash out there, but it, they keep it picked up. And uh, or if there's a a big weekend that we're going to go out and build a trail, we have we have volunteers that travel from five to six hours away. And they're down mm-hmm. here once or twice a month through the season. But in the wintertime, they may stay a week long. We put them up, and they get certified in chainsaw, certified in CPR, and we all go out as a group. We eat together, and we give a commitment to the trails to give back because our motto is to have great trails for the future for the horse to have a place to take an adventure to take his rider. You know, we lose trails mm-hmm. all the time across the U.S., and we want to build safe, scenic, sustainable trails. We've taken tra- trail master building courses. We work very close with the Wayne National Forest, our Arnton Ranger District, Tim Sloan, and his staff, and Tony Scardina over the whole Wayne, the whole staff. And we work very closely with them to follow guidelines and, and keep – we've been building new trails. You know, you were losing trails, but here – our, our, we're building trails. We're building scenic trails and trails that are you know, going to drain and be here, uh, take less maintenance and be sustainable for years to come mm-hmm. so the horse has a place yeah. to go. Well, we've talked quite a That's bit fantastic. that out in the, out in the West, uh, the, the trail system is, um, they're closing trails because of the fact that uh, the money is not there. You have the forest fires, you have floods, you have uh, different natural disasters, but also the uh, the funding does not increase as far as, as the National Forest Service and BLM is concerned. So it really takes these volunteers, and I think you might have cut out a little bit, but I think you said that there were 8,000 hours that, your group of folks have put in this past year yes and my husband had 1500 of it wow wow Wow. he's more the equipment (laughs) operator you know we we do have to use pack horses and our pack mule for areas that are more single foot you know we have we have trails that are some of the tractor wide but you know the maintenance issue i mean i prefer to ride that single foot trail in the woods i don't even need a trail but (laughs) and neither does my husband you know you, when you have people traveling for recreation tourism, you need a designated trail to be respectful to the land and you know keep preservation in the land as well and keep down erosion. So we do we do some volunteer work with some tractor or a small excavator, you know, 
that type of work. But we do have to have the pack horses as well for the areas that we can't get to. You know, you get in by these rock houses. There's one trail that has ten rock, big rock formations and rock houses, and some of them you, you know, and when it, after it rains, boy, you can tell that there's there's like ten waterfalls <laughs> to go with them. <laughs> but you know, we have to have. They're not a continuous flowing waterfall, but you know, you that take, you got some maintenance in those areas and the water runoffs mm-hmm. and things. So, um, you, it's coming to where the volunteerism. You, you do have to try to realize that when you have a core group that you've got to be able to use some of that equipment. And it takes a lot of give back. You know, I, I, I was one of those riders that I rode, and, and that's perfectly fine, but I'm so passionate about tra- trails now. And, you know, my husband, there would be a piece of moss that we have to move, and I'm over there putting it in and, and making sure that it's in a moist area where it can maybe hopefully regroup. <laughs> <laughs> now you you have a you, you have a great website and um I clicked on the photo gallery and I watched a very nice presentation you were featured on Best of America on horseback back in 2017 and there's a wonderful little section about um a Native American gentleman who's speaking about journey cake so you cross, there is some Native American history in the area. You want to chat about that for a moment? Yes. We're very proud of our heritage here. There's actually um, an Indian mound along the trail. We do not uh, put a signage near it for fear of people digging it up. Um, but we are working on some um, interpretive signs that will be out there um, on the ridge, it's near the Vista View, and it's beautiful because you can see the tri-state there, Ohio, West Virginia, and Kentucky. Um, and so the Shawnee Indians were here. He is part Indian. He did an interpretation, and he was here for the whole Best of America. Tom C. loved him. He just he actually had a ball with him. And uh, we, he passed out the journey. He made them here on the fire, and then he was out on the trail passing out the journey cakes. And Everyone loved the history from the start, you know, talking about how they started in the area and all the things that they did and how they hunted. He had all the tools here. And everyone loved to have that because, you know, when you travel to a different area, it's it's very interesting to know what was in that area. It's different from maybe your area that you were in. So um, Dave Lucas did that, and uh, he was <laughs> he showed up, and I thought, no, where is he? He was sitting over in a tree. <laughs> he really does the part, you know, and uh, it was just a really great time. And the best of America, what a great crew. We had the most awesome time. There was so much best of, you know, laughter in the air. That porch scene, I don't know if you got to see them Yeah, yeah. They were all yeah. just just holding their bellies, and it went on and on and on because it was one joke after another. <laughs> but you, that, they're great, great people, Pat and Tom and uh, Kristen and all the staff. They just just come in, and we told them, I said, make yourself at home, and, and they did, and we just had a great time mm-hmm. doing it. So, Were they there just for one day to, to film? I'm, I know to do a half-hour show, they still, you know, usually are there quite a long time to get the information. Were they with you all day, or were they there over a couple of days? Well, they were here from, uh, I think it was late Wednesday night or maybe Thursday. 
had a little bit of trouble with their vehicle or something, but they I think they got here it might have been Thursday and they stayed till Sunday. Ah, okay. Yeah, so they got the full flavor of the experience. <laughs> yes, and it was a packed house. There was a hundred and some people here and um I think there was a hundred and fifty people and probably a hundred and twenty horses. Wow. Wow. She said wow. Rick Rick led them out on the ride, you know, like he used to be a mule guide, you know, at the canyon. So Pat was saying, oh, my goodness, she says, that was amazing shot. She said, there was no brakes in the, the horses. You know, it's like he led them just right, you know, the timing. And so sometimes she has to wait 10, 15 minutes, to, you know, as the, the horses are still coming through. And she's like, you can tell he knows what he's doing. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. Well, what uh, what kind of trails you, do you have there? Go ahead. I was going to tell you, my family uh, all play music and myself as well, but I don't travel with them and play. They play mostly local, but they, they've been playing here a long time. They've been playing 42 years. My siblings wow. are a little more... They're a little more seasoned than I am, but the banjo, the mandolin, my sister plays the guitar and sing. They all write songs. and My niece... She works for the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville. and It's just that when we get together, there's always music. And I told Kristen that, you know, and Tom, I said, now my family will be playing music and at the banquet night. You know, and they're okay. Well, Tom's sitting there signing autographs, and the band comes on. Of course, everyone, a big campfire and good food, and it just, the twinkle lights, you know, it was just a party to celebrate right. everyone being together. And the band starts playing the first song, and Tom puts down his pen. He says, who is that? He turns around, and it, I said, that's my family, Tom. I told you my family all play. I don't think he expected that coming up to college <laughs> out here in southern Ohio. And so he loved them so well. He loved them so well. He had them play, uh, asked them to play for the uh, the veterans Christmas show in Bainbridge, Ohio, yeah. in that. November, oh, and now he yeah. has them traveling to Timber Ridge for their Best of America show, Timber Ridge uh, Campground, and then somewhere in San Antonio, San Antonio Texas, uh, over Thanksgiving weekend. So well, my family's so cool. just tickled to death that they're, they're getting that, to share their music. Yeah, that is so cool. That is so cool. Well, it's a great TV show, and they visit some great locations. So uh, they'll be have, people will have to be sure and catch your segment of the show but um tell us about the trails where people come from to ride with you well they come from all over gary um they come from canada new york missouri kansas virginia georgia north carolina south carolina new jersey vermont tennessee kentucky west virginia indiana illinois you name it california just everywhere everywhere Someone was here, I think, from Italy once a couple years ago. But can't, you know, basically this, you know, all of the United States and Canada. Yeah, yeah. Now, well, are you, Indiana, are you, if you, go ahead, Bobby. If you, if you, if you don't have a horse, um, are horses available to rent or as part of, as part of staying there? Bobby, we, we don't have that. Uh, we we were hoping, we're the only campground, a privately owned campground, or a place that you can park and have electric and amenities in this section of the Wayne. We, we've had some folks maybe interested. We've tried to, that property's hard to find around here. 
And mm-hmm. we were hoping someone would do that, you know, because we have a lot of requests for that, but this time we don't. Okay, so you have to bring your horse. <laughs> yes, yes. Bring your own, bring your own horse, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We have canoes. You can go canoeing at the lake or down the Sims Creek to the Ohio River, but uh, that's the only yeah. other thing we have to ride around here. <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's take a quick break. Let's listen to a great song from Rolling Kansas Plains by the Diamond W. Wranglers and come back and talk more with Jill at Elkins Creek Horse Camp. You're listening to Saddle Up America on Equestrian Legacy Radio. If I'm going there, or I'm coming from, there's a place I can't forget, somewhere in my mind, out along the rolling Kansas plains, when the wind sings there, I know the prairie is my home. in snow It's the only place I know I can lose my cares Out along the rolling Kansas plains It's so peaceful there It's calling me I want to go Kansas Plains, the Diamond W Wranglers, and uh, Bobby, you had a question that you wanted to ask. Well, again, your website is just a wealth of information, and I see that during hunting season, hunting is available. Why don't you share a little bit about that? 
Well, Bobby, thank you for asking. The hunters, they really enjoy coming in from all over as well. Um, they come in from Michigan, Tennessee, and Kentucky, and West Virginia, and uh, South Carolina, North Carolina. I think I even had a feller in from Georgia one time. But uh, we have a – they kind of come here and they, they, they call it home, you know, because they, they got safety. I asked him, I said, now, I'm not your mother or your wife, I said, but if you'd please let me know the area you're going to be, so if you're not in, we know to come looking for you. <laughs> and they get tickled. <laughs> they get tickled about that. But uh, one of the young men that come in, he was around 16 at the time, been a couple years back. First day out, he's out. He's not out there a couple hours. And his dad has been coming here for years and, you know, had the area. He had private lease land, even though there's 110,000 acres on this district to hunt, were loaded with deer, and um, he comes in with an 18-point buck. Man, he was just, and then he was like bored. Oh, he, wow. You know, he'd already got his buck. But, uh. <laughs> and they'll get, you know, those six-point and uh, eight and ten and twelve and like that. And Sometimes not everyone walks away with one, you know. It's at the right time at the right moment. So right. Hunting is mm-hmm. very good here. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, in in your area, and and we all know that there are couples that come to ride, but not everybody rides. And uh, and usually, I find that it's the women that are doing the riding, and the husbands are twiddling their fingers or something. What is there to do <laughs> in your area and and to see if you're not a rider and you're and you're coming with your partner? Well. Um, like I said, we, we live in the tri-state. We're, we're 16 miles from the main interstate. Even though the people coming in from the north feel like they're out in the waylands or somewhere. They, but uh, we're really only a short drive into town to all the major restaurants and shopping and that type of thing. But being in the tri-state, there's a lot of different things offered. There's a lot of car shows and concerts. There's, there's the uh, Portsmouth murals that have, you know, Roy Rogers and all the ball players and that's from that area that's about an hour drive and um just a lot of different things out there they they could go to the lake and go fishing there's uh there's a indoor shooting range there's a outdoor uh, target range you know there's the boating and the the higher river and that type of thing Portsmouth Raceway is close you know so i have one lady her husband likes race cars so she comes to ride. They come in from up in West Virginia somewhere. They park, and then he goes on down to the raceway. So she's here riding her horse, and he's down there racing the car. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, we've got to have something for the nine-horse people to do in these partnerships, so that's good to know. But uh, are, your, are your trails pretty much suitable for every level of rider? You have some easy trails and some that are more difficult. Yes, they pretty well, at some point, they called them more kind of intermediate. You can have a little bit more challenging, but on the most part, a little girl come in, a big family, you know, we're family-oriented here, and uh, he said, well, my little girl's going to ride her pony by herself. She's, she sat on the back with me for all this time, and it's time for her to graduate to her little pony. And uh-huh. he was about three and a half, four years old, and I and I said, well, you know, all these trails should be fine. I said, now the trail out back has those rock houses. And, uh, you know, for her first time, I'd, I'd like for you to ride it and make sure. Don't, you know, I don't think I'd take her up that, just being protective, you know. Right. And he said, and he said 
that's her favorite trail. She took right off, and we had a 97-year-old war veteran, uh, World War veteran, and he, they help him on his horse, and once he's on, he's good to go, and that he didn't have any trouble riding these trails, you know, and I really feel, people ask me that, sometimes it's, you know, the level of the horse, you know, and the level of the rider that's operating it. Right. You know, that as right. far as things, but generally these, these are switchbacks, so you're not going straight up hills, and they curve around, and it's a gradual up and down, and there's plenty of water spots on the trails. A lot of people, they call it the water hole. They ride over to this big rock, and there's water, big water. And right. Stuff. And so with the vistas and the water, and, you know, you will see some hikers sometimes that uh, they're on a lot of the other trails, but they do like to hike our trails because, they're, you know, in the summer when the big tall grasses, we we keep things mowed. You know, it's just safety. You do have right. the national forest here with animals and and snakes and everything else in it. So, <laughs> you know, I've been fortunate. I've been here since '09. I haven't ran into any, and I just I hope not. To. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm like you. I'm like you. I just do not run into those things. But uh, we do have now. Uh, have, you have you ever run? Have Have you ever run into any bear out on the trails? Yes, I have. My husband and I are out working, and um, you know, he has to have a safety person. I say he's working. I'm the safety officer. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to watch him. Um, and we were right. running in that, and not too far out from the house, uh, there was a mama and a baby, and they were fast runners, let me tell you. They don't want to be with Yeah. I bet. And then, I bet. I'll tell this all myself. I was coming in on the trail, and uh, Rick had to take a piece of equipment and go to the roadway, and I came through on the trail, and it's dark, and I'm going, what? what is that up ahead? It was white looking, and Close, of course, you know, I'm at that age, I'm needing glasses. But I get up there, and it is a big billy goat and two little babies and two mamas. And I'm, and they're standing right in the trail. I have my flashlight on. And I was like, they were looking at me like a deer in the headlight. Look like, oh, my gosh, we're not supposed to be out here, and we're scared to death. So here I come in, herding the, herding the goats. have a lot of events that are going on so you've got the event this weekend and uh, uh, what are a couple of things that are coming up that if people wanted to come for some special weekends they could do that okay well we've got the red bud ride and it is the red buds the wildflowers the dogwoods here in the spring starting at the end of april and may are just beautiful of course we've got the summer flowers and everybody likes the wild red wine berries because you could just pick them off of the trail as you're going. So that's wow. usually in July. But uh, we have the Memorial Day weekend. We'll have um, a band on Friday night, and there'll be the Ohio University Southern. We partner. You know, we try to partner with community education and, and the youth and the equine uh, program here, which is a great equine program at Ohio University Southern. They bring their uh, young ladies out, and they will put on an arena challenge and have a, you know, raise money and they'll clean stalls and all that stuff. 
but we always have a good time in the arena challenge, and it's, it's a big to-do. We have it under lights. And then we'll have the St. Jude fundraiser the second weekend of June, and it is really that, – that event has grown. It's probably our most packed uh, event besides the Best of America by Horseback and the Horse Trails Camping Across America event are, are three of the, the biggest events. And um, we'll uh, – usually have a tax swap day in uh, August. And then the 4th of July, we have a fun show. The American Endurance Riders come here two rides a year, the Black Sheep Boogie and the um, Gobble Till You Wobble. Now get a hold of that one. That was at Thanksgiving. <laughs> that was in November. And uh, they love the trails. They've been a big – they have backed the trails a lot here. Um, Molly Crumlaw with Oats, which is the Ohio Division of the Endurance American Endurance Riders Conference. They have been great in supporting and, and getting us, uh, you know, some monies for the trail. And, you know, they pr- help provide the grants, and then we, we the volunteers put it to work. And those, are, those, those two rides are usually packed house, and she's turning people away because the trails are in good shape, and it's great for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Then we come into the fall, we have the uh, – we have our Labor Day, similar to the Memorial Day, uh, with the band again and the OU doing their thing again. And uh, We have the Women, Horses, and Chocolate. Now, that was... Yeah, <laughs> now that sounds good. I want to know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Women, Horses, and Chocolate. I, I came up with that. I'm a massage therapist by passion and, you know, my gift, and I don't practice anymore. But, uh, you know, I always want to see that everybody's, well and happy and and getting the best out of life they can and so I, I always I, I started this women horses and chocolate I mean you know all these women you got a lot of women riders you know there's men riders but there's a lot of women and you know to bring together the women and then you got your your passion which is your horses and then we always have a movie night and we ride we eat good we eat lots of chocolate and we always have health topics and uh, maybe even educational topics on the horses or we may have a clinician here and uh, Dave McClellan will be here Memorial Day and he trained under Chris Cox I believe and uh-huh. he'll be here Memorial Day week I just got that confirmation so that I wasn't embedded in there but I just got that confirmation this week and uh, he'll be here on Memorial Day and it's always great to have, see the education on how to handle your horses and he does a great job at it very soft-spoken and laid back. Well, Cowboys for Christ is in September. They they started here last year, and boy, that was a just they <laughs> that was just a wonderful time. I, I it was really really interesting to hear how they started uh, through the prisons and so forth, and gathering in and everyone gathering in and uh, celebrating their love for Christ and riding their horses and enjoying it with great food and great hospitality with them. And that's uh, the third weekend of September. And then in October, the second weekend, we, we had to move trick-or-treat for the kids in, into October because it's just too cold here at the end of October. <laughs> we do a lot of games. We do games and pumpkins and have a great time. And then the Horse Trails Camping Across America has a big event um, in October, the the third weekend, and they always have a good time again. There'll be a band and food and games and stuff we do, and good horseback riding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, you, there's just so much to see and do at your place. And again, it's one of the most popular places uh, in Ohio and Kentucky and, and West Virginia and around the world to come and travel and visit with you guys. You guys are such hospitable people. And uh, and that makes it so much fun. Bobby, you're going to have to get out to some of these horse camps. And uh, it's not that far from Albuquerque to, to Pedro, Ohio. All the way <laughs> so, out. All the way out. Oh, oh. Well, it was kind of kind of fun. I've just been reviewing the uh, camp rules, and I see that dogs are welcome. Uh, yes. But I also see that you are not to ride horses fast through camp. <laughs> and what yes. comes to my mind is that famous Charlie Russell painting. I I think it was Charlie with the the cowboy coming into the chuck uh the chuck area and throwing everybody off you know yeah. and think well how come we can't ride our horse fast through camp you know that's rule number 12. <laughs> yeah that's right well i'll tell you why i i've camped you know across the u.s and rode horses and i've been to a few camps where i really didn't know if i was going to get out of there alive and <laughs> You know, two or three o'clock in the morning, they're racing horses and uh, probably feeling pretty happy. And uh, <laughs> I don't want people to feel unsafe here. And and yeah, you know, there is a the the lane across us on the property. It's it's the racetrack and it's a straightaway. And you can go over there and race all you want. There's a road you can race all the way right in front of us. It's a dead end road. Or you can go out on the trail. But if you're in camp and there's children or there's people, you know, sometimes someone brings their loved one that's not moving very quick. And we just, you know, the way the camp's laid out, we don't want them racing through the camp. Because right. Because we want you will, people yep. to feel relaxed. And so right. That's where right. that camp rule comes from. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, gosh. Well, Bobby has mentioned your website several times, and she's having a ton of fun checking it out while we're doing the show today, I can tell. But uh, why don't you give us your website and uh, uh, let us know how people can get in touch with you if they would like to come and camp at Elkins Creek. All right. Thank you, Gary. It's been good talking to you and Bobby. And, Bobby, you're welcome here, and Gary, you too. Anytime you want to come, I've got private sleeping rooms or a small cabin if you if you need an accommodation. Um, Sounds you can good. On our website at elkinscreekhorsecamp.com. That's our website. Of course, plenty of information on there. But you can also call us at 740-643-2416. Uh, some people don't have Internet accessibility and, and they want to call, and we're always happy to, to answer. So I All was, right. You called today. I had my alarm set to uh, call in, and uh, I had two traders pull in, and my husband was out <laughs> on the trail. So, good. I think that sheep herder's wagon looks like it'd be really fun to stay in there. Everyone loves it. They they want to get yeah. up there. That door is split, and they they. Take the top open and leave the half, and they get down uh, there. Ah, sure. Yeah, they love yeah. it. That is so cool. Well, Jill, you've been a ton of fun, and we want to encourage people to check out Elkins Creek and and visit and participate in some of these different events, or just come up and ride. And again, these folks are very hospitable, as you can tell. And uh, Jill, you've been a ton of fun. Thank you. 
So thanks for being with us today. Always a pleasure. All right. All right. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Jill Romanello McLeese, and and I'll get that right now. I won't forget that that she has a married name now. So, uh, but Elkins Creek Horse Camp in Pedro, Ohio, is the place to visit and uh, enjoy enjoy spending time with your horse and your family and in a quiet area and and just uh, reconnect. Leave the cell phones at home. That'd be a good thing. That'd be a good mm-hmm. thing. But, unwired. Uh, so anyway. Unwired. Yeah, unwired, unconnected. So that'd be good. Well, it's been a fun couple of hours with Carol Markstrom during the first hour of the show. And we've shared music from her great CD, Desert Rose. Her website is carolmarkstrommusic.com. And, and then, of course, elkinscreekhorsecamp.com to find out more information about our guest today. Bobby, any... Um, thoughts on next week's show who do we have joining us i know we've got about a half dozen folks yeah the first hour we will have uh john berkstrom singer songwriter performer and he's actually uh, managing the out west stage uh this year then we also have joe harrington wonderful cowboy poet storyteller And Mike Fleming will be joining us as a first-time guest. Mike heads up the band New West. Um, They've been performing for many years. He's a phenomenal songwriter as well. And for many years, Mike was the director of the Santa Clarita Cowboy Festival. But he retired uh, last year, and this year New West is performing there. And I think he's just excited to enjoy some retirement time, get the band out on the road again. So it'll be fun to have him with us. And then the second hour, uh, calling in will be Almeida Bradshaw and Kristen Harris. And then live with us, first-time guest Ron Christopher, who is a Los Angeles-based singer-songwriter performer, a wonderful um, uh, gentleman, and he will be performing on the Out West stage um, throughout the weekend. So um should be a really great show. I'm not sure how we're going to actually talk to all six of them in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Short introduction for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's, it's I guess, our fourth year to be uh, uh, broadcasting so. from the Santa Cruz Cowboy Festival. 25th year for them, so that should be a really fun show. And we're looking forward to that. And then um, on the 26th, the following week, uh, Jennifer Dennison will be joining me and give you a little bit of a break. And Darren Little will be our musical guest. And I forgot who our equestrian guest will be, but uh, you'll want to be sure to tune in to that show on the 26th. Any kind of closing thoughts today that you'd like to leave us with? Um, Let's see. Well, I'm still kind of thinking about spring and renewal. And I found this quote um, by Joseph Campbell. We must be willing to get rid of the life we've planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. The old skin has to be shed before the new one can come. Wow. That is so important. That is so important for people to remember that. So uh, mm-hmm. in, enjoy today. Enjoy the day. Yes. The day that you're in. Yes. 
So we're going to close the show out today with a song from the 1940s. And this is Foy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage. It's one called Twilight on the Trail. This guy used to perform a lot in the movies with uh, Roy Rogers mm -hmm. and Dale Evans and Charles Starrett. And uh, mm -hmm. um, Twilight on the Trail, Foil Willing, and Riders of the Purple Sage. We want to remind you that if you climb in the saddle to get ready for the ride on Equestrian Legacy Radio, heard every Thursday beginning at noon Central Time with the Campfire Cafe, followed by Saddle Up America starting at 1 and we thank you for listening today to Equestrian Legacy Radio. Yes, I was born.